Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Mark. Hi, Liz. Hi, Betty. Hi, Betty. I got so excited to record episode 28 and starting season two that we forgot to do like, welcome to my grandma's diaries. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so uh, this time we're going to do everything uh, in the correct order. And also I failed to n- mention at the beginning that, hey, don't forget to review this podcast when you're listening to it. Don't forget to go to our Patreon if you want to see more pictures. There are free things on the Patreon. So we do like to share because we want everyone to be involved in Elizabeth's life. And and that's what I forgot Good to say stuff last on time. Patreon. And all you need to do is go to the app and you can listen to this episode right now without any commercial interruption. And good stuff on our website. Yes. You can go to mygrandmasdiaries.com and there are links to everything, including yeah. our news experiences and our mm-hmm. newspaper articles. And, yep. But okay. now we're back to wrapping up previous episodes. And in episode 28 was a sad one because Elizabeth broke up with Jack in March. He went out with Juanita Caldwell. He got drunk. And then he went out with Kat, who was her biggest rival, I guess, maybe in her mind. I don't I don't know. Kat's a beautiful woman, but I look at Elizabeth and they're equally as beautiful. But I guess really? she was just jealous of Kat. Uh-huh. But it made her cry. Yeah. She was so sad. Yeah. And it ended with even more upsetting news because dad has gotten a letter from his work that has, quote, stirred up the family. And remember, she had to type a hot letter to his mm-hmm. boss, right. which is not the kind of hot letter I like to receive. And... Uh, <laughs> And we're afraid that they're in for another move because dad, you know, he moves a lot. And what I neglected to also do in last week's episode was since I don't have my hands on the Bell banner, I was taking everybody on like a little tour of Get to Know Bell. Mm -hmm. And we talked about the... Um, Trail of Tears State Park. Mm -hmm. And we talked about, oh, the Burford Bridge. Remember? Are you talking about Bell or Marble Hill? I'm sorry. Did I say Bell? Yes. I meant Marble Hill. Do we have to go back and redo it? No. 
Okay. Just keep that in there. Keep, okay. keep what we're saying in, right now in there. Okay. Yeah, I will. So, hey, welcome to not editing uh, my podcast. <laughs> or do. I yeah. <laughs> and, oh, and there was a cute little story from the Twinterview that didn't make it into the final cut because mm-hmm. the Twinterview would have been five hours long, mm-hmm. where Carolyn's children were taken on a surprise trip to visit a cool thing. And it was the Burford covered bridge. And mm-hmm. they were like, oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, total letdown. I they traveled all this way. All that way, just for a stupid bridge. But I, I do know how to pronounce it correctly. It's Burr like Aaron Burr. Burford? I think I was calling it... Buford, prom- I, don't I don't know. I don't know what I was calling I don't it. Know. Now I'm afraid to call it anything. But so uh, I wanted to continue our tour of Marble Hill. And this time we're going to be talking about dinosaurs in Marble Hill. I got this information from the historic Missouri website. Tucked away in the Ozarks, one might be surprised to hear that long ago, dinosaurs roamed the area that is now Marble Hill. Because the region is on a major fault line, there have been shifting layers of the earth that have exposed secrets buried deep. In 1942, a geologist named Dan Stewart was lucky enough to stumble upon the discovery of Missouri's first found dinosaur fossils. Wow. What I thought was really cool about that is that your grandmother was living in Marble Hill in 1942. Right. And that would have been all over the newspaper. Sure. And she would have been like, oh, my Dinosaurs God, is it real? In the backyard. I know. And they weren't, of course, sure if they were real. And so they mm. sent them off to the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. And they were confirmed as authentic dinosaur bones. They were originally misidentified as belonging to a sauropod. But in the 1980s, they were redefined as having, I can't pronounce that word, bones. And this was an <laughs> omni- omnivore. Yeah. Omnivorous. Thank you, dinosaur. Dinosaur and is m- more commonly known as the duck-billed dinosaur, which is a lot easier to pronounce. <laughs> right. Now, they had a whole museum huh. in Missouri that was dedicated to this fossil. Some went to the Smithsonian, and some stayed right in town at the Bollinger County Museum of Natural History in Marble Hill, which closed in uh. 2022. Oh, wah, darn. Wah. I know we just missed Although, one can still see the bones and models on display at the Bollinger County Library, and cool. which is also in Marble Hill, and a few others a bit further at the Discovery Playhouse in Cape Girardeau and the St. Genevieve Museum Learning Center. So they split up this poor creature. <laughs> he should just be all in one piece down there at the library. Those kids would love it. You think it was just one dinosaur that they split up? W- yes. It, it, yes. It was the one that they had for that this Dan Stewart had found. <laughs> well. I know. Additionally, one of the the town's favorite life-size dinosaur models named Elvis is on permanent display along Highway 34 near the entrance to Marble Hill. I love it. (laughs) All right. So put that on our list. Yeah. When we're driving into Marble Hill, we got to come in on Highway 34 so we can see see a a real live dinosaur. Isn't that cool? Yes, it is. So now we will go with our regularly scheduled i don't even remember how i used to intro this welcome to my grandma's diaries (laughs) (laughs) hi this is valerie from virginia and you're listening to my grandma's diaries April 1st, 1936. Let's see, what did I do this morning? Oh yes, I helped clean the house. Jack and Mrs. Mayfield went to St. Louis. Slept nearly all afternoon. Didn't eat so much dinner. I'm very big in the hips. Played dominoes with Leon. George came over to say that Hauptmann will not be electrocuted until Friday. 
All right. So well. I think Mrs. Mayfield works at Hopkins. Okay. And that's why he and this rando married woman are off to St. Louis, because something's going to come up about her later. Okay. And I'm very excited to share that, but I don't think it'll happen in this podcast, maybe next week. Mm-hmm. But this is all kind of, I, I'm only saying this out loud because I, I just went pew pew in my brain that I'm like, oh, Mrs. Mayfield. So we're going to learn more about her. Ah, okay. But this was the first time that she had ever mentioned the Lindbergh baby kidnapping right. in her diary. And because I had read ahead, I knew it. And so we've talked about that kidnapping. But when I first read this, I remember thinking, who? Hoffman. And Googling Missouri mm-hmm. executions in the 1930s and couldn't right. find, thought, who the heck is this? Yeah. Why won't she give us more info? Well, she didn't have to in her mind because that was the biggest case in the world. Yeah, ever, right. Yeah, he was one of the most popular men on the planet uh-huh. at the time. Right. There you go. Did they electrocute Hauptman? I they can't did. remember. Yeah. They okay. sure did. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Cool. I mean, not cold, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, interesting I mean, story. It, well, I'm actually going to get more into that in just a minute. April 3rd, 1936. When the work was done, I went to town this morning. As I was coming home, Jack picked me up in the best-looking blue Hudson. We drove up by the college. Boy, it was swell. A traveling salesman's. After dinner, I went to town with Dean. Cat and Lucille kind of snooted me in Hopkins. Got some eggs from Jack. He gave me a rabbit's egg. Hauptman was killed. Uh-huh. So, okay, gotcha. lots of things. First of all, hey, Cat and Lucille. Right. Because you know why? They they're both together, just recently Jack. went out with Jack. Right. And they're like, oh, there you are, has been. That's uh. so mean. <laughs> Girls are mean. Yeah, they are. Especially You're when right. it comes to, real, but a rabbit's egg. What is that? I do not know. I Googled it. All I can think is it's getting close to Easter. Mm-hmm. And so maybe a that's what egg. they called a chocolate egg. Okay. A rabbit's egg. Yeah. I had to question my sanity there for a second. Uh-huh. Me too. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> do rabbits have eggs? <laughs> well, the Easter bunny does. That's true. So maybe the Easter bunny had come by the store. I mean, what a weird thing. Rabbits having eggs for Easter. <laughs> who came up with that? You oh, know? I know the Catholic Church. Oh, really? I know exactly who, who I know the history of. Uh, okay. All right. Let's my, No, 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 no. I'm okay. saying just, my brain is filled with crazy trivia, but it comes from yeah. medieval times when the peasants would take things to the Lord of the, of the estate uh-huh. and they would bring like eggs and things. And uh-huh. during the spring, uh, not solstice, because that's what's happening now. What do they call it? Just, um, not Easter, but the spring. Equinox? I don't, maybe. They would decorate the eggs mm-hmm. to make them fancy to prevent, mm-hmm. to present to him. And then the rabbit is the only animal that can be pregnant while it's giving birth. So it's the sign of life and regeneration uh-huh. of life. So rabbits and eggs became a big part of Easter, okay. uh, whatever this was. before. Uh, and they um, melted. Oh, I'm trying to think of what the word of Easter was before Easter. Doesn't matter. And then when the Catholic Church came along and uh, appropriated everybody else's holidays, mm-hmm. they took on... The eggs and the birth, meaning like the, the rebirth of oh, Jesus. Oh, gotcha. Like so the rabbits don't necessarily lay the eggs no, for Easter. No, but the eggs and the rabbits were both <laughs> symbols yes. of birth and gotcha. new life and okay. blah, 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 blah. Uh, so, okay, one yeah. more question. How can a being be pregnant and uh-huh. have birth? I know, but bunnies can. I'm not. But a, aren't you, isn't a puppy, puppies do that? You're n- kind of n- s- no. putting them out at the same time. There's still some in there. And you can have your eggs as a dog fertilized by other 
men as a cat can because oh. they, they, they'll pop out more than one egg at a time unlike humans oh how awful and, oh well I, th- I think they enjoy it because they keep doing it <laughs> <laughs> well I mean 15 but puppies. I guess a rabbit the way the rabbits uh-huh. the reproductive system is set up they can be they, stay they pregnant. can be pregnant and then still be making a new fetus okay. at the same time all right but I'm not a biologist but I do remember and when I I don't know I probably through line is how I know all about Easter and that's how you know how my cool. bra- that's how my brain works I know it Ask me what I wore That's yesterday. Why I ask you things. I do you don't not know. know. Of course not. <laughs> I don't I think either. exactly what I'm wearing right now, yeah. but I'm not, <laughs> okay. I'm not sure. It's almost hot Christmas, so things are busy around here. Right. But I got a message from one of our listeners about a book that came out in 1993 that claims that Charles Lindbergh's sister-in-law killed that baby. So, of course, I looked it up and I found a review of the book in the Baltimore Sun and then a paywall popped up. So I only had time to copy and paste this. <laughs> Don't you hate that? <laughs> no, it gets me so mad. But it started, the article that I could not read started off, Bruno Richard Hauptmann could hardly have foreseen how prophetic his close to final words would become when he uttered them on the night of April 3rd, 1936, shortly before being escorted to the electric chair in the New Jersey State Prison at Trenton. Hauptmann, in the oddly syntact and sometimes poetic way he had of speaking, told his minister, They think when I die, the case will die. They think it will be like a book I closed. But the book, it will never close. Whoa. He always said he was innocent. I don't know who did it, but in this book, because I found other reviews, Charles Lindbergh used to date a woman named Elizabeth Marrow. Mm -hmm. She was from a very fancy New Jersey family. Matter of fact, there's still a girls' private school in New Jersey called the Elizabeth Marrow School. And she had left on vacation when he came around to visit, and he ended up falling in love and marrying her little sister, Anne. Okay. So it seems that the theory is that she was always very jealous, jealous. of Anne and Charles. Apparently, uh, theoretically, she killed one of their dogs once. Oh. And the rule was that she was never to be left alone with the baby. Oh. So they think she killed the baby well. and that they staged it as a kidnapping to cover it up because that Marrow family was so huge. Mm-hmm. It'd be like the mm-hmm. Cheneys, right? <laughs> or the Coke family. And right. they decided we can't have the right. scandal. Elizabeth was a very prominent person. Mm-hmm. So they staged, and there are all kinds of reasons. And, well, and it's apparently a very well-researched book, but all these people are dead. Right. They're not here to, to tell the and truth. And apparently not long after the baby was, quote, kidnapped, Elizabeth Marrow ended up in an insane asylum for the rest of her life, okay. which wasn't long. Mm-hmm. I think she died like six months later. Really? So I so there's a lot that could point to her having this mental breakdown. Sure. Maybe even accidentally killing the baby. Who's to say? Mm-hmm. But I'll never know because the Baltimore Sun. So if you live in Baltimore and you subscribe to the paper, uh, send me that article. That'd be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. April 4th, 1936. My 19th birthday. Bill came by and we went to Cape. Got myself hose, pajamas, buttons, and a buckle for my dress. Bill and I ate a banana split. Dad was here when I got home. After supper, Francis and I got the car and went riding. Took Mary Ellen and Mary Kate riding. We went to the rendezvous. So now her birthday, there's no Jack. No more boxes of candy. Yeah. Now, Bill didn't give her a gift, Mm -hmm. but he still took her out for her birthday. I thought Bill was out of the picture, no? No, Bob. Okay. Is out. No, Bill Teeters was the one she was dancing with at New Year's Eve. Gotcha. So, Bill, and he's the one, when she first met him, said, he gave me a thrill. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Although she went on that date with him looking at airplanes and said, I don't Mm -hmm. like him. 
Mm-hmm. But now she's hanging out with him, <laughs> of course, because Jack broke up right. with her. She got to do something. Girl can't you. be alone. Seriously. She doesn't like it. <laughs> April 8th, 1936. Went to town. A woman stopped and talked to me. She asked me to advertise cosmetics at $60 for 30 days. I refused. Francis got bit over. I went to the library and typed cards and arranged books. Went to work at 5 at the telephone office. Ted came by to pay his bill. Said he'd take me riding in his new car next week. Called home and asked Dean to come spend the night with me. So, again, a lot in this episode. First, here comes Ted. Do you remember Ted? No. Ted was dating her and kind of taking her around, and Mm -hmm. she really liked Ted, and was telling people that I couldn't find Ted Mm -hmm. because he goes by a different name. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we'll get back to Ted later. So we'll we'll find out more about Ted later. Ted is easing his way into trying to become your grandfather, too. But I love how Frances got bit over. What does that mean? (laughs) She got taken by... No, no, no. She was like, I'll do the cosmetics. She got taken. I got Yes, and it would make sense because she did um, those... Fabric samples back right. in Bell. Yep. She was also doing fabric samples here. So, of course, Francis is a salesman, apparently. Avon lady, right? Well, it's funny that you say that, Ugh. because I wondered if this company could be Avon. Oh. So, I looked up how old Avon was, mm-hmm. and I found the most interesting history of a company. Okay. In 1886, in September, a man named David McConnell, who initially sold books door-to-door, decided to sell perfume door-to-door. And then, in the same year, he hired a 50-year-old woman named Mrs. P.F.E. Albee, who was the first woman to sell Avon door-to-door. She is considered the first Avon lady, or they call them now Avon representatives, Mm -hmm. because you don't necessarily have to be a lady to sell beautiful makeup. Mm -hmm. Also in 1886, the company's product was a perfume from the California Perfume Company, and it was a rose extract. Now, in 1892, this new business was started in Manhattan at 126 Chambers Street, and they called themselves the California Perfume Company. Mm -hmm. And in in 1906, this perfume company received its first Good Housekeeping advertisement. And back in the day, I don't know if you remember Good Housekeeping magazine, getting that Good Housekeeping seal of approval yes. is even, I guess, maybe still today, mm-hmm. a big thing. Sure. So that was 1906. God. In 1919, Avon's first lipstick began selling. Although product development started years prior, Avon finally began selling its first lipstick in a metal container in 1919. And the original offering came in only two shades, light and dark. (laughs) I guess a pink and a red, maybe? I don't know. Mm -hmm. And the product was often applied to the fashionable Cupid's bow style of the time, intending to emphasize the two peaks of the upper lips. And this is 1919, and that's a very 1920s Betty Boop kind of look, right? Now, in 1928 was the first time they actually started calling themselves Avon, and it was named after where William Shakespeare lived, because Mr. McConnell, yeah, was a huge Shakespeare fan. So he called his company Avon. Isn't that fun? This is a movie unto itself. I mean, I don't understand why no one has made like yeah. a, a film about this it, person yet, because this right. is a, such a cool story. In 1932, now this is the Depression, yeah. the company's trademark application described them as as selling perfumes, toilet waters, powder, rouge compacts, lipsticks, and other toiletry products. Mm. 
1933, Avon expanded this offering with skincare products, namely its hand cream in 1933. The Ultra Moisturizing Lotion has been softening women's hands ever since. Hmm. So this is 1936 in the diary. Avon right. is super well established, so it could very well be Avon. I, I think it might be. I think so. During World War II, Avon converted more than half of their lab in order to manufacture items for the war efforts. Okay. And they did that until 1945. In 1947, Avon's sun lotion with insect repellent was a must-have for those balmy beach days and poolside days. Now, that will end up becoming Skin So Soft. Really? That we all know <laughs> yes. is the best mosquito repellent yes, on the planet. Yes, for sure. So, but we're not quite there yet. In 1950, Avon has one of the fastest assembly lipstick lines comprised of both men and women that produced more than 250 lipsticks in one minute. Wow. And nice. 300,000 in a single day. They're cranking them out. I know. And it is in 1961 when Skin So Soft makes its first appearance under that name. Hmm. And I mean, I'd still buy Skin So Soft. Mm -hmm. Now, in 1967, in 1967, the company sponsored Catherine Switzer, the first woman to unofficially run the Boston Marathon. <laughs> Have you seen those pictures of men grabbing that woman and trying to throw her to the ground so she won't run with them in I the have. marathon? That's yeah, her? That's her. And Avon sponsored her. Okay. That yeah. was awful. Uh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. In 1975, Avon launched a makeup line called Avon Shades of Beauty for Black Women that included makeup, skincare, and hair care. So there, this is 1975. About time. And well, it is about time. But at the same time, you know. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It, Advanced it is, for those days. Uh, yeah. A day late and a dollar short. But hey, yeah. they're in the game now. In 1979, Avon purchased Tiffany and Company for $104 million. In what year? 1979. That's amazing. Yeah. And then they sold it several How years later. But they were able to. Uh, amazing. And here's the one that gets to me the most. In 1992, as a direct selling company, Avon contributed over $800 million to the American Cancer Society. Wow. So they were a good company. Well, okay. What? $800 million dollars and yes. you can't cure cancer? Yeah. Dolly Parton gave, gave Pfizer a million dollars and we true. have a vaccine. Yeah. 800 I million? Yeah, that's a, I yeah. don't understand that. Yeah, very true. This yeah, day and age, right. we can't. Mm -hmm. People are still dying. I mean, even the, and I'm not going to talk about me, but even what I've got going on mm -hmm. in my health right now, come on. Mm -hmm. There's nothing. Soon. Soon. That's what they all say. Yeah. But, but $800 million that's later a, in that's 1992. A billion dollars. Yeah. That's a lot of money. And they're like, oh, sorry. Still, you know, uh. That huh. makes me crazy. But that's not where we end our Avon discussion. In 1996, Avon Barbie dolls were the biggest product launch with the Winter Velvet Barbie doll and Avon Mattel partnership selling $40 million worth of dolls. Good I, I wasn't uh, playing with dolls in 1996, but I remember that doll. The Avon doll? Oh my God. Because it was so it. gorgeous. Hmm. And in 2021, Skin So Soft is now available in CVS retail stores. <laughs> And that's the story of Avon. Never thought I'd hear that today. Who knew? I mean, I always kind of thought Avon like, oh, poor Avon. I know, you know me They kind of disappeared. But boy. Uh-uh. Yeah. They're hanging in there. They're doing that's fine. That's a lot of cosmetics. 
I know. $800 million. But just a guy in 1886 going, you know, only probably thinking mainly women open these doors I'm knocking on. Let me Mm -hmm. sell something that they really Mm -hmm. want, like perfume, Mm -hmm. a little indulgence. I mean, they can go to a library and get a book. Mm -hmm. He was smart. Mm -hmm. I I wonder when he died. That's the one piece of information they didn't give me. And I think Frances worked for him. I think that's, I think so too. I think she was a little Avon representative. 30 days, $60. Yes. April 9th, 1936. Dean and I came home in a drizzle of rain this morning. I was so tired. Went back to work at 11. At 1, went to Maxine's and we went to sewing class. I took my blue Easter dress and altered it to fit me. Ted called to remind me he wanted to take me riding. Len is home. He and Maxine went somewhere with Jack in his car. I wonder who he had a date with. April 10th. 1936. Jack was with blank Alexander. Blank? Okay. I've kept the blank there because I can't read that name. Okay. I've tried. It looks to me like Brand Alexander Uh or or Brianna. I can't. I cannot. It's squished and it's small Uh and she wrote it up like in the corner. Uh So it's very frustrating. Uh So I just took a walk on the census to try in Marble Hill, which hasn't been very successful for me lately. But there is an only one. Alexander family in the whole city and the only one with a daughter who was old enough to be going out with Jack, even though she's only 16 at the time and he's almost 20. But that's fine for back then. And her name is Alma. And right now, that's all I'm going to say about Alma. Okay. I'll have more to say about her later. All I'm going to say right now is that she lives and dies in Marble Hill. Okay. And we'll come back to Alma. It's very rare that you can't read a word, by the way. I know. Right. I should show it to you. Yeah. I have looked at it. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, it's well, when she has a lot to say, she goes up the side sometimes. and over to the edge of the book. Or sometimes right up there by the number. Yes. She'll write something like, yes. right. like I saw Jack. Right. And it's so hard. hard I mean, yeah. oh, it's so frustrating. But maybe it's Alma and we'll find out more about that later. Hmm. April 13th, 1936. Came home this morning and helped with the dishes. Went down to the library and helped Mrs. Van Doren and brought some books home. Worked from 11 to 1 for Maxine. Went back to the library and worked there alone. Typed 10 pages of books and authors. Came home and went to Hopkins for stuff. Waited on Francis and came home with her. Helped with the dishes, read the paper, fixed the seam on my dress and all little things. It's 8 and so to bed. So I don't know if she's getting paid for this library work. She keeps a list at the back of this diary of all the money she made in 1936. Mm. And I don't necessarily see library as one of the Mm -hmm. sources for money. Mm -hmm. So this might be a volunteer thing Mm -hmm. she's doing. Mm -hmm. And this will start her love of library work and will cause her to open a newer library in Marble Hill Marble one Hill. day. Isn't that fun? There you fun? go. That is but there, fun. But everyone had, had mentioned that there wasn't a library in Marble Hill. Well, mm-hmm. this clearly shows there was. There was. Yeah. Yeah, and she's working for them. I guess they just must move. She but must so, love she, that. So she's typing all like the checkout cards. Remember in the right. day when they took the card out of the back of the book and stamped yep. it and put it back in? Yep. That's what she's doing. She would learn in the Dewey <laughs> Decibel system. Yeah, of course. Yes, she was. <laughs> April 15th, 1936. I washed my hair, worked on my dress, and made a chocolate pie. After dinner, I went down to the library and typed some cards until four. Ted called and said he'd be over to take me riding. I got ready, and he came about 7.30, just as Jack brought the coal oil. We went riding. 
He let me drive. He's so cute, and I like him. All right, take that, Jack. Can you imagine Jack showing up with the coal? He'd probably like, oh, I'll take the coal oil to the Hartzell house. And he, she and Ted are walking out there. Oh, hi, Jack. <laughs> yeah. And I love that she made a chocolate pie. Because mm-hmm. as we know, that was her signature. Everybody loved mm-hmm. your grandmother's chocolate pie. Mm-hmm. April 19th, 1936. Maxine went to Sunday school with us. L.H. came up the street with Cat and Jack, and we all went to Jack's house for dinner. We cooked it ourselves. Jack and I did the dishes. Then we went to town. Ted had called me. We got a Coke, then walked up to the college, came by our house for a while. Jack came up after supper in spite of me telling him not to come. What, a, what an interesting entry. They're mm-hmm. all leaving Sunday school, and Jack's like, come over to my house for dinner. Mm-hmm. And they all go over there, and I don't know what they cooked. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I'll help you with the dishes, dishes. Jack. And, now, and then he's like, let me come see you. And she's like, no. <laughs> and then he comes up. And so this is interesting because they they broke up. It's like a Taylor Swift song. It's like a whole, like, like, like it's an era. This is her Jack era. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I did have some Nazi news. On April 19th of 1936, some guy in German, whose name I can't pronounce, said that 90% of young Germans were enrolled in the Hitler Youth, and he appealed to parents of the remaining 10% to enroll their children as well, warning that special laws would be passed if they did not. So that's what that is, indoctrination. Correct. That's how you do it. That is the word, yes. You force someone to go do something that maybe, but here's how. Especially young people. Oh my God, you got to go for the young people. That's why school boards, anyway. Yeah, right. Okay, so let's uh, let's Hitler youth it up a little bit here. Um, And oh my God, have you seen Jojo Rabbit? No, but I need to. Uh, Yes, I forgot about that. Yes, I do. Yeah, you should snuggle up and watch a movie tonight. Yeah. But when the Nazis came to power in 1933, so just three years earlier, the membership of the Hitler youth youth dramatically increased to 2.3 million members by the end of the year. Much of this increase came from the forcible takeover of every other youth organization. So the evangelical youth, a Lutheran group, 600,000 members of them were sucked into the Hitler Youth. And in December of 1936, a law declared that the Hitler Youth to be the only permitted youth organization in Germany and stated that all the German youth in the Reich had to be organized within the Hitler Youth. Yep. So that's why their membership went up so quickly. It wasn't like, yay, Hitler. Forced. It was like, oh, I'm a Hitler Closed Youth out. kid now? Right. Yeah. So by that December of 1936, the Hitler Youth membership had reached over 5 million. Mm. So in three years, it goes from 2.3, even though most of those are forced, to 5 million. And that same month, that December, membership became mandatory for Aryans under the Hitler Youth law. And this legal obligation was reaffirmed in March of 1939 with youth service duty, which conscripted all German youths into the Hitler Youth, even if parents objected. Parents who refused to allow their children to join were subject to investigation by authorities. Of course they were. And from then on, the vast majority of Germany's teenagers belonged to the Hitler Youth. And in 1940, it had 8 million members. Wow. So wow. from 2.3, who were kind of sort of forced, probably only some of them were like, yay, mm-hmm. to 8 million. Mm-hmm. And that was more than just a draft. It, you know, well, because they were they, or, they were probably they came into the schools and after yeah, school you had to go total propaganda. And, yeah. and then they're training them to be little soldiers. Mm-hmm. So little they're just Nazis. creating their little disposable army. <laughs> Scary. 
Oh, I know. Even before membership was mandatory in 1939, German youth faced strong pressure to join, and students who held out were frequently assigned essays with titles such as, Why Am I Not in the Hitler Youth? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty blatant. It could also be titled, Why Am I a Genius? Yeah, um, right. And they were, they were bullied, and, they, and in many schools, you couldn't get your diploma unless wow. you were a member of the Hitler Youth. Mm-hmm. Mm. And by 1936, this year in our diary, the Hitler Youth had a monopoly on all youth sports. Mm -hmm. So Control, mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. April 21st, 1936. Ted and Jack both called me. April 23rd, 1936. Went to work at 11. Talked to Ted. He called last night. Went to sewing class with Maxine. Fixed a coat. Left and came to the library. Went to Lutesville with Anna. Ted said he wanted me to come to the store, so I talked to him. Went back to work at 5. Jack said he was coming to talk to me. Had him and Ted on the phone at the same time and talked to both of them. Ted came and brought me a Coke. Jack came a little after 8. We just talked of this and that. Ted told me to call him after Jack left. I did, and we talked a long time. He said he loves me. Good Lord oh, have mercy. Ted's moving fast. This is like a, ten, yeah, a tennis game. Yeah, but, just... but I guess, too, it's all competition now. Yeah. Now it's become more interesting to, mm -hmm. for all three of them. Like, wait a minute. I was taking That's her a... driving. Wait a minute. No, mm -hmm. she, I was talking to him on the phone. Now I'm talking to you on the phone. That's an intense it's, uh, entry. It's right high there. drama. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> this is Elaine from Oxford, Alabama. And you're listening to My Grandma's Diaries. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. April 26th, 1936. Came home and was going to the country with Ted after some pups, but he had to go to Cape. Went to work at 11. Jack came up and stayed a while. Ate dinner at 1. Dad left. Jack called and wanted me to come down. I went after the dishes were done. We drank a Coke and listened to the radio. He brought me home. Went to work at 5. Jack wanted to come, but Ted was coming. He stayed about an hour. He's so cute. 
Now, which one is she talking about? She's so, talking about Ted. Okay. Yeah, because she has a weird work schedule. She has like yeah. a split shift. Mm-hmm. So sometimes she works in the morning until 11 and she'll mm-hmm. have a lunch break and then she'll work from one to five or sometimes she works okay. five. This, this schedule, I would lose my mind if I had this sure. job. Nothing is really set. Yeah. And they're always working for each for other. For each other. Because even Maxine might be like, oh, let me go have a dinner date with, I don't know, Ellen or somebody. So Elizabeth will come down for two hours and Maxine Love will come it. back. So these women really take care of each other. Love it. And help each other out. No, it's so much fun. April 27th, 1936. Went to work at 11. I asked Maxine to work for me tonight or tomorrow night. She's going to work tomorrow so I can go to Cape with Ted. After one, I came home and rested a while, went down to the library and stayed until four, typed a letter to Rex, went to work at five. Ted came and brought us Cokes, said he was coming back, but didn't, talked to the operator in advance for a while. I love it when she talks to operators. Yeah, that's pretty that's cool. That's how fun. Like, hey, who yeah. are you? Where are you? Yeah, it's like a CB. It's like a, like a ham radio. Exactly. You know, I think yeah. that's really neat. Uh-huh. But yeah, I think Ted's, Ted's nosing out Jack here. Mm-hmm. And I know y'all are wondering, Liz, tell us about Ted. Even though I know exactly what's happening in this diary, mm-hmm. I've read them all. Sometimes things unf- unfolded for me in a certain way that I found to be fun. Interesting. So I wanted to do that for Interesting. y'all. Interesting. As well. So, okay. I mean, I know, what, I know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, you do. It's just fun. But I have some Nazi news. Okay. On April 29th, Austria sent troops to its German border fearing invasion. Now, in our last podcast, Germans mm-hmm. had not invaded the Rhineland because they own it, but they had moved troops into it, which mm-hmm. they were not allowed to do. And Austria is getting scared, as they should, mm-hmm. because Maria von Trapp is singing on a mountaintop somewhere, <laughs> wondering <laughs> what will happen to her husband. So. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so poor Austria. May 1st, 1936. Ted called and persuaded me to go fishing. He came, and we left at 8 after he got a shave. Got Mary Ellen and waited for Ward after he got off work. We got Ted's guitar and drove to Jackson. I love this date. Let's Mm -hmm. go fishing. Let's take our friends. I'll bring my guitar. Mm -hmm. What? Mm -hmm. Sitting by a river. All clean shaven. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. I think that's so fancy. But more Nazi news. They're real busy. Yeah. Yeah. mm -hmm. Starting on this day, May 1st, every newlywed couple in Nazi Germany was to receive a copy of Mein Kampf from the registrar. Good Lord. mm -hmm. It'd be like if everyone who listened to this podcast was forced to read my book. (laughs) <laughs> oh no it's not Everyone, like that well, no, that's no. a little yeah that, that's true but, but it's yes. but like oh he welcome to marriage and here's a book about how hitler wants to take the, over the oh, world wow. <laughs> good lord so the ego may 6 1936 ted's sick dad is worse and the whole family went over to the hospital this afternoon i went to the library Francis, mother, Leon, and I were sitting on the porch after supper. Wilda Lou called and said Ted couldn't come over tonight because they just got back. But Ted was going back to the hospital. Mr. Francis is barely living. Oh, wow. So this gave us all kinds of information. Right. Ted, is his last name is Francis. Mm-hmm. And if you go looking up Ted Francis on Ancestry, you're not going to find him. Mm-hmm. But you're sort of going to find Wilda Lou. Right. What? Who was Will DeLue? Uh, uh, Little Cindy Lou Who's sister? Well, Will DeLue, she talked about the whole family going to the hospital, mm-hmm. and Will DeLue called and said Ted couldn't come over. So this is his sister. 
This is Ted's, Will. Yes, mm-hmm. right. Because if you go on the census, like I was saying, you can't find a Ted Francis, mm-hmm. but you can find a Will DeLue Francis. Gotcha. And she has a brother. Okay. And this brother's name is Lester Harley Francis, but he goes by Ted. Mm-hmm. And I would have, he would have been, if you were just randomly looking for him, it would have been hard, but knowing that he has a sister named Will sure. Blue that comes in real handy. Clues. So Ted was born in December of 1909, and he, well, that's all I have to say okay. about Ted right now. Okay. So Lester, I'd go by Ted too. Who is Grandpa? What's his name? May 9th, 1936. Mother went to Charleston for the Music Club Federation. I baked a cake for Mother's Day tomorrow, also made a butterscotch pie for Ted. Mother got back and brought us all something. Ted came while I was calling Dad. He came and took Francis and me for a ride in the country. We went to the medicine show and to Allen's, ate the pie. Mother called me in. May 10th, 1936. I gave Mother the cake in a cake saver. Ted came after supper. We went riding after drinking a Coke, went out to Glenview. Ted and I climbed the searchlight tower, went to Leopold. Ted felt kind of hurt because Mother called me in. Helen brought a tiny pup that Virginia had given her. I cried. Aww. Oh, God, do they have two dogs now? Seriously, yeah. Helen just shows up with a puppy. I, I know. Would, I, if a child of mine <laughs> walked in this house with an unannounced puppy, yeah. they could turn right back around. I oh. mean, I love animals, but a little puppy is so much work. Yes, it is. I do think it's interesting in the previous entry that mother called her in. That's only happened. That? Like she's sitting she's, in the car. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth, right. come on in now. It's getting late. Uh, I gotcha. Like get, I like, like get away from that boy. Yeah. She's only done this one other time. Once mm-hmm. in Bell. Mm-hmm. I don't remember Out who on Elizabeth the porch was. Or something? No, they were still they in were in the a car. car. Mm-hmm. And maybe they were smooching. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's why Ted felt hurt because he's like, Your mom doesn't like me, your mom doesn't uh-huh. trust me. Uh-huh. Or, I love how they climbed the searchlight tower. Don't cool. know where that is. You don't. That's a that's a twin question. That's a twin question too. Went to Leopold. Oh my! They were all over the place. Yeah. Ted sounds like a fun guy to date. Yeah. He's he's showing her a good time. Grandpa. Oh, I mean no. <laughs> Grandpa Ted. <laughs> May twelfth, nineteen thirty six. Ted called after supper and asked me to go to Cape with him. He came about seven fifteen. Jerry and Cush were with him. He let me out to see the show while he went to see his dad. He came back before it was over and stayed. We got ice cream at Traveler's Inn. Did it rain? May 20th, 1936. Cleaned up and went to the library. Hope and Dorothy Caldwell were there. I left about four, went to work at five. I called to Ted and he came up about nine. Brought me some gum and a big tall grape soda. Didn't stay long, but went home and called me. We talked until 10.30. It's a funny feeling I have towards him. He said he was just waiting for me to call him. He'd always come. I miss those days. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Right. I know. Isn't it the (laughs) truth? Just your heart fluttering. You know, it's funny because I'm I'm in a long marriage. You were in a long marriage. And every once in a while when I give my tours, I'll have like an older couple on the Mm -hmm. tour. And they're just cute. Mm -hmm. And they're holding hands. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, how long have y'all been married? And they'll go, five years. And I'm like, oh, Uh, well, no wonder. Give them another 30. (laughs) Those hands will be. Because I always want to look at them and go, what's the secret? And like, oh, we just met. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I picked her up last night at the bar. 
Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. Thank you. I love being alone. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind it. Sometimes when I'm in my house, even when my kids come around, like, hey, mom, I'm like, oh, God, five more minutes. I can't just imagine. Quiet. Yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. Rob and Troy, my mm-hmm. husband and my oldest, youngest son, mm-hmm. are going up to Virginia to visit his family after Christmas for okay. a couple of days. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have the whole house to myself Good for a couple for you. of days. And that's fun. I told him to call before he comes home in case the Swedish volleyball team was here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Male or female. I Who cares? Love it. Oh, dear. May 25th, 1936. Went to the library and was supposed to stay until 12.30, but Paul came and I came on home. Helped clean the smokehouse and get dinner. Went to the library after dinner. There's lots to take down now. We're indexing all the books. Leon helped us a little. Came home at four and read. Went to town after supper. Cat was there, so I just sat on the bench. Maxine came and said Ted had called. Tried to call him three times, then finally went out with the kids in Jean's car to the rendezvous. Ted came and got me. We drove to town. We talked in front of the house. I love how he's calling her and she's trying to call him. It's so interesting Mm -hmm. how you can't get in touch with somebody when you want to. Mm -hmm. It's a luxury, uh, not a luxury. It's something we don't have Mm -hmm. anymore. Like if I call you, if you don't pick up the phone, I'm like, if you don't come back in 10 minutes, I'm calling the police because Mark's dead. (laughs) Yeah, right. Because his phone is right there. I know it is. Do you think those phone calls had to go through the operator? Yeah, that's how Maxine knew. Oh, dear. Maxine tried to call Uh-oh. you three times. You, When you worked for the phone company uh, back you then, know it all. you knew everything. What a, I would have killed for that I'll job. I you would have. I'd have been like, sure, I'll connect you. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Jump in with my five cents. Well, I think Ted's real cute. <laughs> it'd be so hard. Or giggling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my God, it'd be great. May 26, 1936. After dinner, I got ready and went to town. Looked for a ride to Lutesville. None came. I went to see Wilma and Bob's new house. Then started walking to Lutesville. Walked all the way. Went to see Mary and Jenny. Mary was gone to Ohio and Jenny to Travis. I talked to their mother a while. Took shoes to the shop. Went to see Sue. Stopped in to see Ted and talked to him and Fred. Rode back with Leon Sander. Ted said he'd come by after supper and we'd go rabbit hunting. He came about 8.30, got me and Fred, went out to the creek. The boys hunted frogs. We girls talked in the car. It's interesting, all these new names. Who Mm -hmm. are Mary and Jenny? Yeah, right. And who are Sue? And I can't find any of them because, first of all, I uh only have first names. And for some reason, everybody just lives everywhere. It's not like Belle, but I did find Leon Sander. He was born in January of 1904, and he'll get a job working at the Southeast Missouri Telephone Company. He marries a woman named Pauline Britt in 1929. So he's a married man when he gives her a ride, and they have three children, all girls. He dies in 1975 at the age of 71, but I had found his wedding announcement mm-hmm. in the newspaper, and it was really cute because they say that they're getting married, and that's great. And they're, they said, the groom is one of Marble Hill's most popular young men. At present, he is superintendent of the local telephone system, a position of responsibility. The bride is popular and attractive and has made many friends while here attending Will Mayfield College. Mrs. Sander is teaching in the Williamsville School this year and will continue her schoolwork there. <laughs> uh, they're very popular and good looking. Seriously. Well, I love that. What a, what, yeah. what a lovely description. Yeah. Can you imagine if you got married the week after them and it's like, oh, Mark and Liz <laughs> oh, got married. They're nice. Ordinary. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
how ordinary they are. Because you know? <laughs> that's, a, that's a big one. And I did find it interesting that she's working even after she's married. Because mm-hmm. in this era, a lot of times you couldn't keep your job mm-hmm. once you got married. Mm-hmm. So good for them. I guess they desperately needed teachers like we do now. Mm-hmm. May 27th, 1936. After dinner, I went down to the library and worked until four. Came home and read, was very tired, and didn't intend to go anywhere. But Frances asked me to go to town with her, so I finally went. All the crowd was there at the rendezvous. We had a great time. Rode back with Lem. He walked up the street with Cat and me. Ivan walked with Frances and Mary Kate. All talked on the corner. Lynn walked home with me. Had a long talk. Do I like Ted? <laughs> Is that because she might be liking Lynn? Is she trying to Maybe. talk herself into it? It mm-hmm. looks like she does like Ted. Mm-hmm. I mean, they seem to be having a great time, but I just thought that was cute. Yeah. It's funny that she's walking with Kat, her arch nemesis, right. but I guess I got over it. You know, exactly. I don't, I mean, it's just so weird. Yeah. June 3rd, 1936. Stayed in bed all morning. Ted called and asked if we had a fan. He brought one over. Cat and Maxine came to see me after dinner. I got up and ate some liver. After supper, Ted called. He came over and we went to get some stuff to make tea for his dad from a man out in the country. Ate some ice cream at Lutesville, then came home and talked in front of the house. He left about nine. Okay, now Kat and Maxine are coming over. Mm-hmm. Maybe she and Jack aren't seeing each other mm-hmm. anymore, so Elizabeth I, is yeah. happy with her. Yeah. Um, but, okay, doesn't this sound sketchy? Went to get some stuff to make tea for his dad from a man out in the country. Yeah, that does <laughs> Kind of sounds like they went on a marijuana run. Oh, dear. <laughs> Can, okay, with it, some tea. I mean, if you really think about, I mean, I what marijuana looks like in those little baggies. Uh-huh. It looks like you could make tea out of it. Elizabeth is very naive. <laughs> maybe he said to her, I'm just going to go get some tea for my dad. And maybe they were using it as health benefits. Perhaps. Wow. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. <laughs> no, but it, it does sound like what else would they have to be going? I mean, they're going out to get mm-hmm. herbs of some kind. And maybe there was a little peyote, a little something that would make dad, if dad's super That's sick. very interesting. I mean, you know, people today, if they're sick, if they have epilepsy or cancer mm-hmm. or whatever, I mean, marijuana mm-hmm. helps them. Mm-hmm. So it's medicinal. So she called it tea. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I don't, tea. She I, didn't know, right. I think he called it to right. make some tea just to cover what he was doing. Okay. I don't know. I, mean, I don't this know. Is, That's a good scene in the movie. This though. is high and large speculation. Yeah, right. But I thought, I was like, huh. Yeah. A man out in the country. Right. Get some tea from a man in the country. (laughs) Why couldn't he just get it at Hopkins? Well, there you go. Yeah, right. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. 
Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com June 4th, 1936. Went to Sunday school this morning. Francis was sick and couldn't go. Came home and read. Ted came by and we went to a ball game at Leopold. Went to Ward's and decided to go swimming. Went after Edna and Geraldine, Frank and Ward. Went to the rock hole. Washed my hair good. Then we decided to come back and have a marshmallow roast. Ted came about nine. We took a bunch of girls over to Ward's. Mary Ellen came back with us. So in my search about like what's happening, you know, in June of 1936, Mm -hmm. I found an article in the paper and she doesn't, this happens on this day. She does not mention this at all. It's about Bob Drum's family. Mm -hmm. So guess what? Bob Drum is not your grandfather. He's not? (laughs) He does. No, sorry. I know that's disappointing. But his father dies on June 4th of 1936. It's in the paper and she doesn't even mention it. Wow. So, I mean, he is, she's so over him, but it was (laughs) interesting because his the article is like prominent citizen and robert drum 18 years member of the missouri general assembly dies robert drum 91 year old citizen of bollinger county who served 18 years as a member of the missouri general assembly both in the house and in the senate died wednesday morning at a hospital at cape Girardeau following a prolonged illness Mm. and then it talks about uh, funeral services how he was a veteran of the civil war god he was old he served with the union army so that's good news he took part in the gold rush to california (laughs) and his career included service as a county official and legislature and he introduced the senate bill which provided for the establishment of hospital number four at farmington so he he was the father of a former mayor huh one of his kids had become mayor of cape Girardeau, and bob is of course you know his son And I found a really fun article about Bob when I was trying to find his info Mm -hmm. in a 1945 newspaper that says the Drum Quartet, because we know Bob was in this orchestra Mm -hmm. with Elizabeth. So the Drum Quartet presented their regular Sunday noon program with Robert E. Drum announcing over KWOC Poplar Bluff. The program next Sunday will consist of Mother's Day songs. Beginning the following Sunday, the program will be comprised of all request numbers. The quartet and Mr. Drum are very appreciative of the splendid response they have received, and they will continue to their utmost ability to please their radio audience. So his love of music never left him, even though his love of Elizabeth did. (laughs) But Bob uh, was a resident of University City, formerly of Lutesville, when he died on Sunday, August 10th at a St. Louis hospital when he was 69 years old. He had owned a furniture store and a funeral home in Lutesville that the twins Mm -hmm. mentioned. It eventually became the Ward Funeral Home. Mm -hmm. And he also founded a funeral home in Bernie, Missouri. And he sold his Lutesville funeral home in 1940. And he was very active in sales and marketing for the Ultra Life Laboratories in St. Mm-hmm. Louis. I tried to look up what that was. I don't remember. I know you know the show Six Feet Under. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember a f- their first couple, maybe it was just the pilot. They would take breaks and have fake commercials for funerals. Yes, I supplies. do remember that. I love that. <laughs> when you look up Ultra Life Laboratories, it kind of gives you that vibe okay. of like, hi, you need <laughs> yeah. makeup for a dead person? Come on over. <laughs> Unfortunately, mm-hmm. his one daughter died before 
before him. His daughter was named Sina, and Sina Drum was killed in a car accident in 1955. Mm. She was only 15 years old mm. and just one year younger than the twins. And they knew Bob Drum, so odds are they oh knew my. Cena right. as well. So bless her heart. I have a picture of Cena. Oh. She was a lovely Aww. young girl. I know. Young, sad. yeah. Yes, too young. June 6, 1936. Mother went to Cape with Teeters about 12. After dinner, I read and rested, and Dad came by about 2. I took Helen for a little drive. We got some candy. Brought Bill back from Lutesville. After supper, Ted called and then came by. He had to go to Lodge, so I went to a little show at Drums Hall. Sat with Wilda Lou and Muck Hastings. Ted and I took Wilda home. Got a Coke and a hamburger. Went to Glen Ellen, where there was supposed to be a dance, and wasn't. Went out to the Boy Scout camp on Castor, and it looked like a storm. I love how uh, her family is friends with the Teeters. Mm-hmm. And they must have, you know, so I love how she says, went to Cape with Teeters, not the Teeters. Where's that that, uh, article? But then they went to a little show at Drums Hall. Yeah. And considering how prominent um, Bob's dad had been and had that one of his sons had been a mayor, Mm. clearly that's named after his family, which is cool. Yeah. But there is on this day, on June 10th, the novel Gone with the Wind by Margaret Mitchell was published in the United States. And it'll just become a movie a couple of years later and one of oh. the most spectacular movies, you know, for its time. It's time, yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah, that was a big deal. But we will see later that Elizabeth gets to read this book. And she loved it like, you know, we all did and mm-hmm. until we tried to read it again in 2020. And, <laughs> and went, it's like, I, oh, I can't. yeah, right. Speaking of that, I am reading a book by Francis Parkinson Keyes, oh, which good. is one of Elizabeth's favorite mm-hmm. authors. Yes. It's a very good book. It's called Dinner at Antoine's. It all takes place in... Uh, New Orleans in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. It also has that problematic Margaret Mitchell esque oh. black people speech, really? which I don't like. Oh, and what makes right. me so upset about reading it is I understand what she's trying to do. The flavor of that mm-hmm. beautiful kind of what we call Gullah Geechee yeah, yeah. around here. It's beautiful it to is. listen to. However, right. Every character in this book is from New Orleans, and mm-hmm. she doesn't change their speech, the white people, mm-hmm. to make them sound mm-hmm. more Southern. Mm-hmm. They get just, you know, right? Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. bothers me. But mm-hmm. I'm str- the book is good, and I'm struggling through it because I said I would read it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't like that. Okay. June 12, 1936. After dinner, we hung curtains in the living room, and I waxed the floor. Rested a while, went to Hopkins and got a pair of hose, talked to Jack. He bought me some candy. He told me he had a fight last Friday night, but hadn't told anyone else. Francis had set my hair at noon. I bathed after supper. Ted called about Boots, who came over. We all went to a party at Edna's. Had a good time and lots to eat. Danced and played. Ted danced, and he's good. We know she likes a good dancer. She does. I wonder who's Jack getting in a fight with. Yeah, right. She doesn't know details. Like, at least tell me with who. Yeah, for real. But again, all these names, Boots, Edna, who the hell are I they? I know. I do not know. June 16th, 1936. Went to work at 11. After one, came home and rested nearly all afternoon. Cleaned up good and talked to mother. Went back to work at five. Talked to Layla. There was a little boy killed down towards Sock. He was on a picnic and got shot. Mary Ellen came up, brought me a bunch of candy. The kids were all going to the rendezvous and I wanted to go, so I asked Mrs. Cobb to work. She came at eight. We hung around town, finally went out, 
had a good time. June 17, 1936. Went to work at 11. My nose bled some. Got really busy and in the midst of my nosebleed. It was really busy until rather late. Wrote a letter to Riva. It was so hot up there, I just stuck to the bedclothes. I don't know why I haven't heard anything from Ted. His folks took his car to Edwardsville. I don't know what he's been doing. Gee, it's so hot. June 18, 1936. Our well went dry. Edna called and we talked for a while. Went to work at five. Gee, it's so hot. We need rain so badly. Ted called and told me what all he's been doing. He has been so busy. Gee, it's so terribly hot. I'm about to smother. So I did see lots of things in the newspaper about that time, about the heat, oh, really? uh, the heat wave that was coming okay, through and right. how people were dying. Okay. It, and wells are going dry. And wow. once your well goes dry, I mean, that's your house water, I guess. Wow. We used to have a well at yeah. Rudamuckle at my old house. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then where do you go? Yeah. Yeah. Where you, so there must be the haul in water now. Back to haul in water again. <laughs> Seriously. I tried like crazy to find that little boy right. killed down towards Sauk. Yeah. There's no Sauk, Missouri hmm. at all. So I don't know if I'm just not reading that handwriting. It looks like S-A-U-K to I was going to say, is that how she spells it? Is yeah. S-A-U-K? Well, but of course, it's like her little nasty right. sometimes yeah. handwriting. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to she, read it. Mm-hmm. But I looked mm-hmm. in the newspapers. I put in, you know, boy killed. I put boy shot at picnic. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I, I figured, you know, she was talking to Layla. I don't know if she's the one at Advance or if she's at a different operator station. Mm-hmm. So... God, I wish we had more information about that because that sounds tragic but interesting. And I guess some hunters were mm-hmm. in the same place where they were having a picnic. I, yeah. Yeah. June 19th, 1936. Came by Hopkins and got an orange bathing suit and a cap. Talked to Jack and he put some candy on ice for me. Grace and Maxine came up and asked me to go to the picnic with Jack Sunday. Cat made up with Sam. I said I would. Went to work at five. Jack called me, said he'd be up. Jack stayed until 10.30. Mm-hmm. It kind of bothers me that the minute Kat's dating somebody else, mm-hmm. Jack's like, I'll come over. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. But, you know, I he's mean. He's a guy. He's just a, yeah, just a guy. He's just some guy. Just some guy. <laughs> <laughs> June 20th, 1936. Came home and rested this morning upstairs and Leon painted the stairs. I got down, though. It was so hot. Jack called and said he'd see me later. I bathed after supper and took my food chopper down to Maxine's. We and Louise went there and fixed stuff for the picnic tomorrow. Grace and I went up to Hopkins. Fred called and said he, Ted, and Muck would be over to go swimming. I started home, and Clyde Kinder brought me and the kids, and we went to Rock Hill. It was so good and warm. I wore my new bathing suit. One minute she's calling it Rock Hole. Oh, I bet it was Rock Hole and I typed Rock oh, Hill. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All these holes. I can't wait to see pictures of what all these swimming holes look like. Mm-hmm. And her little red bathing suit. She went to the trouble to buy orange. a cap. Oh, mm-hmm. excuse me, orange. But she bought a cap because uh-huh. she doesn't want to get her hair messed up. But yeah. girl ain't swimming. Uh, she, she can't, can't swim. Right. I guess she was <laughs> afraid she if she fell down, she'd get, her, she'd get her yeah. hair wet. Or fl- maybe she floated yeah, a little. she was just in the shallow part. I guess, yeah. But how cute. I can picture her yeah. in a little bathing cap. So cute. So, she was uh, adorable. Who was that swimmer in the movies um, that did the yes. synchronized um, Ethel Murray? What was her name? Murray. No, it no. wasn't Ethel Merman. 
<laughs> no. Who was that? Who was it? Oh, shoot. I'll, fi- I'll yeah. figure it out while we're editing it. And yeah. Then I'll get so mad that we couldn't think of it. <laughs> Esther Williams. Yes, it. That's it. Okay. That's it. I see the brain does work sometimes. Sometimes. Again, ask me what I wore yesterday. Do not know. Isn't that awful? Anyway. No, it's normal. It's normal, mm-hmm. I guess. June 21st, 1936. Jack and Lynn came by before I had eaten, so they waited. We went down to Maxine's and made the sandwiches, went out to Bear Creek, and the other kids were there. We hunted all over creation for a good place and finally found one, sat around and read, etc. After dinner, practiced shooting. Then we went down to the river, went in swimming, radioed and fooled around. After supper, we decided to go to Bluff Hole. We came back and went out there, came home around 8.45. I had a pretty good time, but I don't like Jack as well as I thought I did. Talked to Dean's friends. Ah, so Jack is worming his way back in, but she's lost she interest. She ain't having it. Well, you know, he hurt her pretty badly, and now maybe she doesn't, mm-hmm. she's seeing him in a different light. Mm-hmm. Poor Jack. June 29th, 1936. After dinner, I cleaned up and went down to the library where I found books for the cards. Kelly, Mary, Lee, and Walt came by for me to go swimming, but I couldn't. I closed at 4.30 and came home, went back for Maxine and Mary Ellen, went to town with them and got some bread. Kelly called at supper and asked me to go on the boat excursion with him. I called Jack and broke the date we had made. Kelly, Mary, Lee, and Walt came by about 7. The boat left at 8.30. Went up and down the river. Swell orchestra. Wow. So she broke a date with Jack. Yeah. To go out with, who's she going out with? Uh, Walt. Walt. To go out with her friends. Uh Uh-huh. These aren't, none of these people are people that she's She's dating. She's dating. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who Walt's dating, but it's not her. Because Walt dated Lucille next door. Oh, that's right. And they broke up and she cried on the porch. Yes. She would serve her right if Elizabeth was like, okay, Walt. Mm-hmm. But at, at the same time, she's hanging out with Walt. Mm-hmm. Lucille next door might be thinking Elizabeth went out with Walt. Mm-hmm. And that could be the same wires crossing as her maybe just being at the same place as Jack mm-hmm. and sitting next to him mm-hmm. and Elizabeth hearing about it and thinking uh-huh. they're dating, Right. Because dating is so innocent back then. Right. But dating was anything. Yeah. Like sit next to me at the movies. A I date. was with Jack. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Isn't it funny? They just intermingle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did they play the orchestra on the boat, do you think? It sounds like a boat excursion. Like it was a bigger boat. Like mm-hmm. I'm not saying like a river boat. Mm-hmm. But, you know, up in the Ozarks. Oh, you know, right. Like a, True, a little yeah. like dinner cruise-ish kind of okay. what we would consider today. A bigger boat with a little band on it. Okay, because I don't orchestra. think any of them owned a boat. I see. Yeah, a boat excursion. I so gotcha. I didn't know they had boat. Ex- I didn't maybe either. going up and down Crooked Creek. <laughs> I don't know how deep Crooked Creek is. <laughs> yep. it's pretty deep. June thirtieth, nineteen thirty-six. Jack came up tonight, and we sat on the porch. It rained a little. He's leaving for CMJC tomorrow morning, and will be gone for one month. Poor kid. He hates to go, but I think it will be good for him. He said he would write often. I know he'll get homesick. All right. So where it, I don't know what CMJC is. I see it, but when you Google it now, mm-hmm. I don't know what it was back then. But Probably. when I see JC, yeah. I'm thinking like it's the, J, the JCs. Were you part of the JCs growing up? It's a community. Could be. Like a, like a, it's a church probably organized. Mm. Uh, and they're going off for some, I don't know, for a month? 
Well, he had to, I, I, I'm not sure, but he had some general stores, right? So I think he maybe well, went around and, one, and shopped for wholesale no, stuff. You don't think that's it? No, I think CMJC is like a 4-H club okay. or like a young but Rotarian. Yeah, like okay. maybe it's part of like a, a CCC kind of deal where you mm. go and you have to serve, do service work. Mm-hmm. So he's going there. There's some help thing mm-hmm. that he doesn't want to go on. Right. But his family's making him because they're prominent people. But I love how she says, I think it will be good for him to get him. <laughs> and I think I she know. means her and not her family. And maybe uh, he can think about what he's done. I do believe you're correct. But that's where we're wrapping up today. Mm-hmm. And uh, next week, I don't know. I'm so far ahead now in my writing. I don't know what we're going to be talking about next week. But all I know is that Elizabeth's got some making up her mind to do mm-hmm. with all these young men. They've got their making up their mind to do. And there might be something coming around the corner with mm-hmm. the Hartzell family because, um, well, bad news is coming. So, spoiler. But that's mm-hmm. just going to keep you coming back. And we appreciate you, Bettys, joining us we every do. week here on the podcast. Don't forget to rate and review Facebook, Instagram, website, YouTube. As a matter of fact, we filmed a little, before Christmas, we filmed a little YouTube catch-up of season one. And we put it up for, for our Patreon subscribers. And now that they've had time to preview it, we are going to put it on our YouTube. Yeah. But anyway, until next week, have a wonderful whatever you're doing in January. And see you next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Bye. Hello, I'm April from Red Deer, Alberta, Canada, and you're listening to my grandma's diaries.